to the Spooky Chris Podcast. My name is Chris Ringler. This is my little podcast. Thanks for coming. Uh, if you want to know more about me and what I do and what I what I write and all that stuff, you can find everything, and, and maybe you even found this little podcast on SpookyChris.com. I am a writer. I made a couple short films and a couple micro short films. Uh, I am an event coordinator I'm a once in a while artist, and a podcaster, and full-time weirdo. Uh, I thank you for coming. This is usually a micro-podcast um, where I just kind of talk about my thoughts and the world and my writing and art stuff and all that good thing, Megilla. Um, I wanted this time maybe to go in a different direction. So for anybody that has known me, followed me, whatever, followed me, as if I have followers. Um, if I do, do the dishes, because there's a couple things in there that I could really use cleaning that I don't want to do. Um, for anyone that cares, um, I was born in Flint, Michigan. Now, being born in a city is not a big deal. Um, I'm from a small town, uh, and, you know, you got to go to the city to have a kid, generally speaking. Um, at least back then. Um, there were... You know, back then it was Hurley Hospital, um, McLaren Hospital, and I believe St. Joseph's Hospital. This would have been in 1974. So there are options, but they're all in Flint. So I was born in Flint. I moved to Flint in 2000 and, let me think, five, I believe. Uh, I was, it was, <laughs> I was living, so my first apartment was in a small city named Mount Morris, um, and it was the first apartment I looked at, and I looked at it on a Wednesday, and I moved out on a Sunday, like the same Sunday. I was just, I was out. I was 27, and never thought I could afford to move out, and then just kind of had something in my life say, you know, you should move out, and I was shocked to see I could. Um, so I was living in Mount Morris, uh, uh, someone I knew who owned an apartment building, kind of shamed me into checking his apartment that was for rent out because he was making fun of me for living in Mount Morris because it's a super kind of backwoods kind of country city. Um, and so I checked the place out and it was, you know, it still had somebody in it and it was going to be a minute until he moved out. But, I, you know, I had a f friend that lived there. Um, I knew another person that lived there. And it was in Flint and I was just starting to get involved in the Flint art scene. And I was like, okay, cool. So I moved to Flint in 2005, uh, lived in the apartment until 2012 when my wife and I got a, well, my, I got a house and my, my wife, then girlfriend, um, you know, moved in when we got married. So we've been here, um, in the house since 2012. So I've lived in, in Flint since 2005. So I love Flint. Love it enough to be frustrated and to have it drive me crazy a lot, um, as all things that you love do. But I wanted to take a minute to talk about Flint, um, kind of a welcome to Flint. Um, most people have heard of Flint, Michigan for one of several reasons. Lately, the Flint water crisis, and we have, you know, we went through the Flint water crisis. It's still kind of a very alive ghost. Um, I, I can speak personally, you know, we never really, we never drank the Flint water, um, used it to cook and stuff and still do, 
um, just because there's a point where you just it's you can't you can't really it was it, it's it's too much cost to try to do everything with bottled water it's just too much um, but uh you know we had a dog at the time two dogs now but I had a dog at the time and he drank the water we bathed in it we cooked with it we never drank it um, but once everything happened you know we like everybody else would go and get in line and get our bottled water for free and that was so crazy for a few months um, you know so we'll never trust the water system just like we'll never trust the elected officials that tell us the water system's good do I you know is it good eh, probably about as good as it's going to get um, but that's the kind of trust that once it's broken I don't know if you can fix it so we still, you know, we we have, we get bottled water every time that our dogs are on bottled water. Um, you know, we we are trying to be as safe as possible, um, as much as we can. Um, so people know Flint from from that. They know it from the Flint water crisis. Uh, they also know it from GM. Uh, you know, General Motors started here. Um, it's we're we're the we're not the motor city. We're the vehicle city because motorized carriages kind of popped up here, and that's kind of was the birth of the automobile and blah blah blah. So they know it from GM, and, and because of that, they know us from uh, Michael Moore, who technically isn't from Flint. He's from a, a small city nearby named Davison. So he's not a Flint guy. He, he definitely operated in Flint, but he was he's not from here, much like I'm not from Flint. It's kind of like everybody will say they're from the big city nearby, because I guess it sounds cooler than being from the small town. Whatever. Um, you know, and I'm sure, you know, you may know Flint from Claressa Shields, the, uh, the women's boxing champ. Um, you know, you could know from the Durrell brothers who were boxing champs. Um, you know, there's there's several sports players. We've had you know several sports folks, the 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 Flintstones who played for MSU, uh, Michigan State University, who were basketball players. Uh, they were from you know a bunch of them were from Flint. Flint's been you know at one time was known for for its uh, sports. Now we're down to one high school um, in, in a few kind of middle school elementary. So I don't know that the I don't know how that will affect kids playing sports these days. I don't know. We'll see. But so for a lot of folks, you they either have kind of pity or indifference or kind of almost uh, a frustration with when they hear the city of, you know, about Flint. Um, I remember when the water crisis was going on and how people outside of our area, even in our, our, our county, got very tired of hearing about it and then hearing people talk about how scared they were and how hard this was and all those things they were very because they didn't understand it and if that's one of the things that I'm not, I don't want to dwell on the negative because this is not about that but I think it's easy to if you don't live it to mischaracterize things like that tragedies traumas um, all of that because it's not yours and you don't have to carry it um, you know right now as I as I record this Texas is going through um, a horror with the weather and the power issues and everything associated with that 
and for some, it's easy to pass judgment on people and, and all that, and even make light because we Northerners like to think we're hardy folks that, oh gosh, we, you don't even know winter, which I live in, in uh, it's called Genesee County in, in mid-Michigan, and you know, we just got, oh, I don't know, close to a foot of snow this week. And it was rough, it was bad, but we don't get like Wisconsin winters. Minnesota, we don't get, like you have to go further north in the state or to the, the edges you know, near the, the Great Lakes. So where we're at is kind of a valley, so we don't get it as bad as others. But, you know, a lot of us northerners like to poke fun at the south and like, oh, gosh, you can't even drive through it in just snow. You know what? A lot of us can't either. <laughs> like, believe me, I see people who drive like they are rolling on magic tires and, and, and they're just begging for uh, an accident, it would seem. So it's one of those things. Um, it's easy to discount people's terror and trauma and, and what they're going through if it's not yours. So as I say, much like folks are some idiots, horrible people are doing that with Texas, not understanding the real terror and horror, much like people are doing it with COVID, thinking it's no big deal or it's just like the flu or it's, it's a, a fun gag. People did that with Flint water. Um, so you get a lot of like, like I say, pity, indifference, you know, aggression. But I want to talk about, and again, it's not at all what I would want to do is to set the plate. But, I mean, you got to kind of admit what things are before you get beyond it. And the thing is this. Flint, it has all of this stuff. It has all this trauma. There was, you know, and there's a Netflix miniseries um, called Flint, and it's a about uh, all of the crime. You know, when we we have had some hella, hella crime. Um, you know, we're a city. People forget that we're a city. We're under 100,000 people now, but they forget that cities have crime. Why? Because there's tons of people. And because you, there's more reporting about the crime in a city than in a small town. Like, you're not going to see a whole lot of reporting because it doesn't behoove them to do that. Like, in small town, you know, Michigan that has rapes and murders and thefts and stuff. It's, it's just that it doesn't, unless they don't have to cop to it, they ain't gonna because they're not trying to live that life. And they don't have the same crime, but they do have crime and they do have abuse and they have it in more numbers, higher numbers than we think because we, we don't, we, we like to think that those areas as, oh gosh, that's, that's where all the good people go and the God-fearing people and they go to the little, the small town and they're just living their best lives. Well, those small town Christians or whomever, small town folks, are not always the best people at all. Um, so small towns can just hide things better. So, as I say, you know, there's definitely problems. Um, I'm never going to be someone to, like, discount the problems. And there's even the petty problems that I have, um, where it's just like, oh my gosh, why is XYZ like this? Uh, um, but there is a life outside of that. And that's a thing that I don't know that a lot of people get to see or get to hear about. Um, you'll, you'll either get, um, you know, from folks, you'll either get the, oh, Flint. Or you get the, like, oh, man, it's the most magical place on earth and it's just a joy and there's nothing ever bad and everything is magical. And it ain't that either. Uh, I am a cheerleader for Flint, but I'm a realist as well. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, lie and pretend as if things are 100% awesome when they're not. But, 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 I also want to introduce you to the Flint that I know. Uh, 
the Flint that I call home, the Flint that I love. So why did I move to Flint? Well, like I say, I moved to Flint in 2005, and there was a burgeoning art scene. And I had just started to become a part of it, and I wanted to be around those people, um, you know, like-minded people, um, new friends, in this whole new life. I actually was, I'm trying to think, I was working, yeah, I was working in Flint at the time, so it was, you know, closer than where I lived to get there. And in 2005, like, it was, at that time, you know, the art scene had kind of, we've always had an art scene, but it had kind of dried up. There was an art walk, but it was three venues, one of which was going to close within a couple of years. And there weren't a lot of visible young people in the art scene. Well, these folks had created a new group um, to kind of promote bands because they were all band folks and band people. Well, once they kind of started that, like all of the artists, you know, the writers and painters and musicians uh, that weren't necessarily in bands and poets and all of us other folks like the idea of, hey, like, let's get together and can promote one another. And that led to, why don't we put shows on? So I came to Flint for the art scene. And Flint has a vibrant art scene. Um, one that, that you don't hear about a lot. Um, and again, you're talking, there are poetry, like, groups. There are, oh, and I know so many writers in Flint. And name a genre. Um, and we have them. I, because of who I am and, and what I'm into, I know a lot of horror writers that are in the Flint, in Flint, and in the the greater Flint area. I also know a lot of poets and experimental authors, um, just straight fiction writers, mystery writers. There's a lot of self-help and um, religious writing, and. You know, it was cool. I worked at a bookstore, and we worked a lot with uh, upcoming authors. That was one of the places I worked, you know, through all these many years I've been in, in Flint. And while I am sorry that she didn't really fully uh, utilize the assets she had, the owner, like, it was pretty cool. Like, we would set up um, author readings and stuff. And events, and I got to set up some of those with friends um, from out of the area, where we'd set up readings and signings, and and it was it was great. Downtown, the downtown area at the time, had a lot of open property, um, and people were so desperate to kind of get things going, they were very very open minded to the idea of hey, like let's set up. Well, we'd, we'd love to have you set up a music show, an art show, a poetry show. So we did author readings, we did band nights, we did uh, signings, art shows. Um, where I lived, we had the whole first floor was open. So we were, you know, we were all friends with our landlord. And at the time, like there were, I'm trying to think, it started with two of us that were, well, three of us that were friendly. Um, at one point, we had the whole place, it was four of us, well, four, all four apartments that were all friends. But we had open space on the first floor, and we started doing these guerrilla art shows, which are basically, we, we had connections to the Detroit art scene and to the Flint art scene, and we'd have them all come out, 
and put these art shows on during Art Walk. We were, were part of what helped expand this Art Walk so that now Flint has a truly incredible Art Walk um, in the warmer months. There's a, like another there's an arts indie arts group. There's the arts group I was a part of. Bands will set up. People will go out on the, on the street and do art. They'll play music on the street. They'll set up kind of in some open spaces. Uh, there's a couple galleries that are open that will have uh, rotating shows. There's a bar that you know one of the arts groups sets up in. Uh, there's a new, newer kind of used bookstore that has joined it recently, and they'll have art shows. And some of the bars or restaurants will, you know, have someone new each month uh, set art up in them. And it it is really great. Like in in the warmer months in in Flint, you will get, gosh, um, probably at least a couple hundred people going through town and it's incredible to see to see all these people these faces that you don't see every day to hear laughter to see people you know going to restaurants getting drinks once in a while buying art P.S. people don't buy enough art from local artists just saying um, and it, it is an incredible atmosphere it's an incredible vibe when you know when you hear about Flint when you see Flint people don't think about that they think of like oh crime and terrible things this is all it's so beautiful and such a great feeling and a great atmosphere. And other cities have art walks, and I get it and I know it, but I don't know if there's anybody that can compete with the talent, the passion, and the supportiveness of what we have. Because um, again, like when when I was, I'm not directly involved in that anymore. Like I, I'm doing my convention stuff and, and just those kind of events. But we would work with artists all the time to try to get shows with them. We well, we still do an art show um, once in a while when it's not COVID, um, and it's great. It's amazing. It's a great feeling to try to get these folks who don't have opportunities otherwise, um, and to get them and get their art in front of people. Um, I mean, it means the world. Just like when I've sold books to strangers. That's my point. That's what I. That's why I write. Is not to write for my friends to buy my stuff. It's to a stranger who has no investment in me buys a book because they just want. They don't want to waste their money. They don't. They want something that is good that is going to engage them. Um, and that's my hope always as a, a writer. So we have this incredible art scene. Well, the big thing. The biggest event in Flint every year is Back to the Bricks, which is a classic car show that they they have it for a week where it's a lot of cruises and a, and a drive-in movie night and all kinds. But, like, the, the event itself, uh, there's a cruise, like a, a big cruise on a Friday, and you'll see, gosh, uh, um, Friday or Thursday, so once in a while they'll do a couple of days of cruising, um, I come thinking of where I work, and we'll do an event during the one one of the nights of the cruise, um, and you'll see thousands of cars lined up on Saginaw Street is our main drag, and you can actually technically take Saginaw Street. It turns into other roads. It turns into Dixie Highway, and you can take that technically up to the north to Mackinac or down south to Florida, which is crazy. But that drag thousands of cars and it's it's the event of classic cars but they you know they're starting to allow like especially the crews anybody can kind of join 
Um, and again, the atmosphere is incredible. But the big show is the Back to the Car Show. And I don't know how it will look post-COVID. It's hard to say. But in the heyday, you'd see, I don't even know, 5,000 cars, 10,000. I mean, I can't know. Like, literally, the downtown of Flint. So about a mile in length and about a quarter mile in width of car, classic cars everywhere. Uh, and half a million, nearly half a million people coming because it's a free event. And it's just incredible. It's incredible. It's to see all of these cars, to see all of these people, these people that like, we'll talk trash about Flint all day long, but we'll come for this because you can't see this anywhere else. And we, we became one of the bigger car shows in the country. Uh, and it's, it really is incredible. I've worked the event a few, you know, a few years with old jobs and it's, it's something to see. Uh, all of these cars and all of these people. And again, like in getting pictures, it's just, it's, it's insane because what, you know, you think of Flint and when I moved to Flint uh, in 2005, uh, the front of the building I moved in was boarded up. There were so many like buildings that, that were abandoned and empty and it's not that way anymore. Like most of downtown is full. You know, we have restaurants and all this stuff going on. Uh, and to see all the people here, it's incredible. Um, I'm anxious for Back to the Rick's return because now that we have the Capitol Theater open, the Capitol Theater is, a, is an old-fashioned theater. It has It's a, an Italian look. And they refurbished it two, three years, about three years ago. And it's absolutely stunning. Um, I've seen the band sticks there. I saw Mystery Science Theater live there. Um, I've seen some other shows there, but it's a, a gorgeous space, and it truly, like, I, I can't wait until we get to a place where they can, because the plan is to regularly have events and concerts, and they were just starting to get into that as COVID hit. Um, so I look forward to that, because that's going to be a huge influx of people, and just like the idea that we'll have this living, breathing theater again. Um, I used to go to that place... Uh, I met my first girlfriend there when I was 18. Um, or when, when I was 20. I'm sorry, when I was 20. Um, and it was just... So the Capitol used to... They, they it kind of got run down and abandoned, and then they started using it for hall shows and concerts. And I would go to hall shows all the time there. And I went to a few concerts. Um, I don't know who would... Who, I don't know who listens and who would care, but like I saw the band Temple Tour there. I saw the band Sacred Reich there. I saw... Choir there. Um, it's funny. Typo negative played the lobby, uh, very very frustratedly there. Um, and I, but unfortunately, I missed it because I was in Detroit seeing Liz there. Um, but there's been big shows there, like big big shows um, at the Capitol, and it has a lot of history. And it's it. I can't wait to see it living and breathing, and with regular concerts and regular shows. And like I say, they were just starting to get to that when everything started. To, you know, kind of went to heck. Um, and I look forward to that. Um, we have a beautiful farmer's market. It was an award-winning farmer's market. It's a big space, open. We had another one that was by the river. And it was it was great because it was by the river. But you couldn't, you know, for anyone um, in a wheelchair, you couldn't, there's no way you could get through because it was shoulder to shoulder. It was that busy. It was that narrow. Um and there just wasn't a way to do it. And now, 
it's a beautiful space, uh, a lot more open. It's they they do events there. I do events there with folks from time to time. You know, our our events group does events there in the spring. I've been to comic conventions there, and it's just, it's a beautiful space, and uh, that's one of the gems of the city. Uh, one of the great things about Flint too is we have a cultural center, and it's like its own, its own campus where it's a planetarium, a library, a natural history museum slash Flint museum, a uh, I'm trying to think uh, a performance space. Uh, like so for for music or theater or whatever. Then there's the Flint Institute of Music, which is a music hall um, for recitals. And what else is there? There's a repertory theater there. Now I'm trying to think of that is everything. I think so. But so all of these are on one campus, so you could literally walk place to place in in around the holidays, the winter holidays. They'll have everything open for Christmas, for like a Christmas walk. And you can go check out every place. Um, oh, we have an Institute of Arts. And the Institute of Arts is gorgeous. They've And all of these facilities, they're, they're actually adding on to the library right now and redoing it. They're redoing the Natural History Museum. Uh, they redid the planetarium not that long ago. They did some additions or, you know, to the repertory theater. Uh, the big performance space has always been in wonderful condition. Um, so these are just gorgeous buildings. And I remember in an old job, I you know took AmeriCorps members on a tour of the area, and they were just shocked at how, like how all of those were in one place, easily accessible. None of them are expensive to go to, uh, and they're just beautiful facilities with with so much. I mean, gosh, you can you can spend the mo- better part of a day at the the Sloan Museum. Or the Institute of Arts, um, there's always shows going on at the Planetarium. Uh, the library is immense, and they do events there. I've done events there as well. Um, and they're going to have more space for community members. And it's great, again, that they're all in one spot, and it's right near Mott Community College. So it's right near, right next to a college, basically, which is great. Um, you know, we have some, several colleges, like well-regarded colleges in the area. Um, just outside of the city, um, it's kind of it's lesser Flint, if you will. Uh, there are man-made waterfalls um, called Stepping Stone Falls. Now, once upon a time, this area was, you know, home to all these folks that were in the auto industry and in GM and everything. So we had high rollers. Like, like Flint was one of the the high roller cities back in the day because all of these folks with money had lived out here that were in the auto industry. I mean, this was a long time ago. We, we've definitely been on hard times as it were. Um, but those days were here. Um, and so they built this these waterfalls. And it's gorgeous. They're absolutely gorgeous. They're on uh, Mott Lake. And there's a couple of them. And it's, it's just a beautiful space. Um to go out there and you can you can bike out there you can take walks um, and nearby to that is you know there's Bluebell Beach so it's a big community beach and then there's a like an ORV area which is interesting too like because you forget Flint is you know this rural area this this big city area but within like ten minutes there's ORV parks so there's all these crazy things um, like camping kind of stuff 
Um, and near that same stuff is Crossroads Village. Crossroads Village is this great space where they have been able to get buildings from the 1800s uh, and refurbish them and move them um, bit by bit. Like I know they moved, what was it, Opera Hall or something? Like something from where I, you know, near where I grew up in Fenton, Michigan. They moved it um, to Crossroads Village, and that's what they they do is they they get these buildings and they move them. They have like a, a sawmill and an, an apple press uh, and it's like a, a forge where they have a blacksmith and they have a theater and it's great. It's You can go there and they have holiday events and stuff, but you can go and just tour the area and everybody that works there is in period dress and they, they put on performances and it's just a beautiful place to go around and check out all of these things. I remember as a kid... Uh, we would go out there to uh, to spend a day in the one-room schoolhouse, uh, and that was pretty cool. And again, this isn't Flint. It's near Flint. That's in, like near Genesee Township, but it's within 15 minutes of Flint. So what I'm trying to do is just like, these are all so many things that people don't know or see in Flint. Um, don't know or care sometimes. And it's a shame because Flint has so much to it that people don't see. You know, I got my, my friends together and we do our events and that because we love Flint. Um, you know, there had been art shows and concerts and other kinds of conventions, but there weren't kind of stuff like we were doing, kind of horror-centric. And we had the ability and the support to do it here, and it's great. And I, I don't know if I could have ever done it anywhere else. Um, not with the the uh, not with the the means that we have, but like it's it's an honor to be able to do that. It's an honor to be in a city that's receptive to these things. Um, gosh, there's uh, you know Flint is kind of where Grand Funk Railroad came from. That's the big band, but there's always been a strong music scene here, and we have this this all ages punk club called the the Flint Local 432, which has been in existence for, I don't know, 25 years, which has been the birthplace of so many bands and places as just a shelter for these kids that were trying to find themselves and find music and to fall in love with both. Um, and it's great because it's, you know, no drugs, no alcohol, no smoking, and it's a safe place for kids. And they have branched out into art stuff. We have a maker space in the area that's connected to them. So there's a lot of opportunities for for kids to kind of come and again to find themselves and to find the world and to kind of start getting getting themselves out there. Like you know, when I started hanging out downtown, I hung out at the you know the capital and then eventually the local where I met tons and tons of friends and just you know again, kind of found who I was through all of this newness. Um, and Flint's one of those cities. It's small enough that you can make a huge impact if you have the heart and the will and the, and the connections, really. And, you know, money always helps, but connections, connections supersede money. Um, but it's small enough that you can do that, but it's still a, it's still a city. Um, and it still feels like a city. 
I when I moved to downtown for the first time, I just fell in love with taking walks downtown and seeing like we have a, a river park, you know, a park on the river where they do jazz, like a jazz festival, and they do all kinds of festivals and stuff on the river. They have an LGBTIQ plus uh, festival down there, and, and it was just, it's they've refurbished all of that. But there was this huge water feature which doesn't really get running anymore. But it was gorgeous, um, and it was just it was great. It was great to walk downtown and just to be in a city, but like to feel like it wasn't an overwhelming city. Um, and I loved, and I needed that, you know, at 27. Well, no, let me think. When I moved in, moved to Flint in my early 30s, so my early, well, but still, ex, ex, you know, getting to know the city in my 20s, though. I guess, I guess, because yeah, like I was younger when I started get to know the city. Um, and it's great, um, you know, and, and I know I'm I'm missing so much, and that's that's what's frustrating and great too is. And I, you know, but I wanted to kind of just introduce you, like, hey, welcome to Flint, because there's just so much here. Um, and it's interesting, like, in doing the conventions, we brought celebrities to the city, and none of them, not one, um, freaked out, got worried, said anything. The only thing we ever heard on anything about the city itself was Ken Sago's that was in Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4 was like, oh, I wish I would have known you guys... Had, were near so much water, I would have brought him a fishing pole because he likes to fish. And we do have a lot of water, a lot of, lot of parks in Flint. Holy cow, a lot of parks. But yeah, none of them, none of them said anything, did, you know, acted weird. And it's interesting that it's usually the suburban people who have either don't know the city or will just drive through and like, oh, well, they're the ones that will kind of give you grief about it. Because they don't know it. I mean, every city has its dark sides. Every city has its magic. Um, much like every town has both. And it's a, what you want to see and what you're willing to see. And, you know, I'm, I am I feel lucky that, you know, we got to have our daughter in Flint. And that, you know, for however long we're here, she'll get to, get to learn about the city. And, and just we get to kind of share it with her. Like, I think that's exciting. And I don't know that any of you will ever care or, 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 you know, come here for sure. But, like, I just want you to know that we're alive. We're a city of strong, vibrant, uh, resilient people um, who aren't looking for handouts, who are looking for, you know, kind of hand up. Um, they're looking for those opportunities, for that chance, for someone to, to give, them, give them that shot. And there's a lot of greatness here and a lot of, a lot of passion. And I hope that bit by bit more, more people get to see all of that. So, welcome to Flint. What would you like to do? Again, my name's Chris Ringler. This is the Spooky Chris Podcast. If you want to learn about me, go to SpookyChris.com. Look me up on the internet, or you can check out my short films on YouTube. Just look up Chris Ringler or Grim Ringler, Spooky Chris, whatever. I hope you're well, friend. Take care. See you soon.